0: Day Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at NAZ underscore Elite. Welcome to the NAZ Elite Podcast. Um, this is an exciting one. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about the New York City Marathon, and I welcome for the second time, Scott Fable. Hi good Scott. to be here. It's, it's great to have you yeah. back. Yeah, Your first time on the pod was... Well, I guess about three months ago, mm-hmm. kind of the start of the, the build up to New York City. Yeah, uh, and now we're a few days past. Let me quickly recap what's happened. Go for it. <laughs> uh, well, let's see if I can remember everything. First was was it the Great North Run? Was
1: yeah yeah, and mm-hmm. there
0: you were fourth. Yep. 102. 18. 18, and that was a PR. It was. So yeah. PR in the half. Uh, then you had that uh, like 10k. I can't pronounce.
1: Oh, no, that was before. Falmouth, Falmouth was, before. was a seven-mile race That's right. that,
0: where I was second.
1: Where you were second. Mm-hmm. And then was the 20K Champs in there as well? Uh, no, I didn't run the 20K Champs. Just yeah. Falmouth and then Great North three That's weeks right. after that. Okay. Then you you get to New York City, and for those that, that didn't see, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: seventh overall, second American, and another new PR, 212.28 this time. Yep. And that was a seven-second PR from Frankfurt last year. Yeah. You've been very consistent in your two marathon finishes in terms of time yeah yeah pretty
1: pretty much got that dialed in yeah
0: um well the courses are obviously quite a bit different Mm -hmm. from frankfurt to new york and and we'll talk about that but uh yeah so congrats on the the outcome in new york of course thank you uh let's let's start there so um you get going and about two miles in uh there's already starts to be a bit of separation with groups not a ton but um some groups kind of form Mm -hmm. and you align with uh you were with Ryan Vale, Chris Thompson, uh, your teammate Scott Smith. Yep. A um, couple others.
1: Uh, yeah, there were a couple other guys who were kind of hanging on the group for a little while, but yeah. I don't think I don't think it was mostly us for for until fifteen.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. And then a bit ahead was like Jared Ward, yep. Chris Derrick, those mm-hmm. guys. So what? Um, I mean, that's early in a race, right? Yeah. Uh, so what? What do you? Th- what's going through your head? How did that sort of shake out?
1: Well. It was kind of a strange start uh, because the... So you start on the Verrazano Bridge, which Mm is uh, very steep. Um, So the international field and some Americans, they went out pretty fast on the first mile. They were like 5.05. And I think, you know, the Verrazano Bridge is maybe 20 seconds slower than flat. Okay. So it was a quick first mile. Sure. And I came through with Scott, Chris, Jared, or not Jared, but some other guys 20 seconds back at 525 and then you crest the Arizona bridge and go down into brooklyn um and so the second mile is 20 seconds faster than flat because okay. you've got to go over it sure and the um guys who had gone out really fast they didn't run fast anymore so they slowed slowed down and we came right up on them and came through in a huge pack at two miles in about 10.05 okay. or 10.10 So my second mile was fast but it was on a fast mile sure and i didn't really want to just sit back and let the international field kind of toy with the pace and mess around so i just went right around the group and uh took the lead with jared for jared ward for the second to third mile Mm -hmm. got through the water station there at 5k and um that was kind of when the international field uh took off right um and i could tell that initially i had I would had sort of kind of gotten with um, uh, Jared and Chris and so a couple other guys. Bernard Legat was up there, and um, I could tell that we were getting sucked along by these African runners who were running much faster. Sure. I mean, they were running, you know, in the and, 440s. And for perspective, I think the 5K, was it 1535? Something like through? that. Yeah, right yeah. around there. Okay, mm-hmm. so
0: it picked up from...
1: from yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And so... Uh, <clears throat> We clicked off like a four fifty-two and then a four fifty-three. And I looked at Scott, who was right next to me, Scott Smith, and I was like, That's too fast. Like, we can't do that. So we immediately backed off and we're like we kind of talked amongst ourselves, me, Scott, and Vale, mm-hmm. and we're like, let's just try to run five minute pace. At least through Brooklyn, which is the first thirteen miles or so. Right. Um, and uh yeah, so we were just running basically five minutes to five oh two through Brooklyn Wall. Jared Ward and Chris Derrick and Bernard Legat were ahead of us. Bernard came back pretty soon, pretty early, and we caught a couple people here and there. But for the most part, uh, in terms of placing, we were pretty far back until um, we started catching people more frequently around 16 or 17.
0: Right. And you were, I know that you and and Scott Smith were fifth and sixth American for pretty late into the race, Mm -hmm. as I remember. Until you, st- I think maybe Abdi was one of the first.
1: Uh, yeah, so Americans
0: you caught after that. So yeah. this was around, yes, yeah, around sixteen 17. or seventeen yeah. on
1: First Avenue. We caught Abdi, and um, you know, to Abdi's credit, he hung tough. He tried to, yeah, <clears throat> he tried to go with us, even though we were we were had made up a lot of ground on him because sure. he had been in the very front group, I think. Yeah, I think um, that's right. <clears throat> so he'd faded quite a bit, and we came past him, and he, he I mean, he even led our group for a while uh, for a couple times. So. Um, yeah, so we caught Obdi, and then we could still see uh, Jared and Chris and Shaddy, Shadrach, Bwat. Um, and they weren't getting farther ahead of us. Um, like, they had stopped kind of putting distance on us around mm-hmm. 10 or 11, maybe maybe a little later after that, 10 or 12, but they had 30 or 40 seconds right. or something. Yeah. And then once we got over the Queensborough Bridge, I could tell that they were kind of coming back. Yep. but they still had you know quite a quite a bit of distance on us so
0: and so let's take a step back before mm-hmm. we because it gets uh, a little more dramatic in the, in the <laughs> yeah. last uh, 10k plus so we'll we'll come back to that but to take a step back what uh, mentally where are you when you're in you know more or less leading from mile two to three to backing off a couple miles mm-hmm. later to seeing that gap go to those guys up until a little before halfway like what what, where where was your head during all that um where was your focus
1: um i was pretty calm for you know the first five or six miles yeah uh especially like being in the front was i like reminded myself it's like you're leading the new york city marathon that's super cool (laughs) um but i also i was very cognizant of the fact that like could have really ruined the race if i got too excited there and pressed too hard so um I was pretty calm. Uh, it was a pretty calculated decision to back off. Um, very much had my. I feel like I had my wits about me for the first uh, ten miles, and even there was a stretch in there, kind of ten to fifteen miles, where I was getting a little, a little frustrated because I mean the splits they weren't as fast as I would have liked. Those guys weren't coming back as quickly as I would have liked. Um, I was feeling just like a little tired and a little heavy, and like sure. I was doing a lot of work to not hit the splits that I felt like I could be hitting on those miles. Uh-huh. Um, but I kind of knew that, like, sometimes you just have rough patches and then you can kind of, if you can just weather those, sometimes you'll come around. Yep. So um, I was a little frustrated, but but calm. I knew that there was a lot of time left. And uh, I was kind of reminding myself, like, the last 10K is where, the race is really made because it's the hardest 10k on the course sure. i think yeah um, you've got a couple big climbs um and a lot of opportunities for people to blow up right so um yeah i was just trying to be patient
0: yeah well uh we'll talk about how that paid yeah. off here shortly but it, were you able to get kind of in race feedback from from coach ben or a- anybody along the way kind of I don't know. Maybe reassuring you that this was right there, or even between you and Scott Smith, uh, as you because you guys were together for twenty miles.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to. The New York course isn't one that you can really see people multiple <laughs> right. times because uh, it's True. it's point to point, and you know New York's a hard city to get around in sure. when all the streets aren't closed down. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean there wasn't a lot of information, but Scott, myself, Vale, um, we were able to talk a little bit and Vale has run the course a number of times. So one of the miles where I was a little like frustrated. I really felt like we were pushing and it was only like a 505 or 506 and um Vale was like, "Okay, that was that's a tough mile. Like good job. We got through that." Um, so he was uh, chiming in a little bit about like how the course played and that was I think helpful. Um and then there's a few times where uh Scott and I talked to each other a little bit as well like mm-hmm from eight to nine there are just amazing crowds and so um as we were going through there scott like kind of turned to me and was like man this is crazy this is wild (laughs) and it was wild it was um it was very loud and very exciting um and then uh when you go over the queensborough bridge at about 15 um, i could tell scott was taking the wrong tangent he didn't know where to go because it's a little tricky like on the maps it looks like you get over the bridge and you go straight to the right. Yeah. But you actually go left and loop back under the bridge. Oh. So I could tell Scott was going to not not see uh-huh, that. Right. And so I was like, "Come on, let's get over here." And then also that's a really it's a mile where you can really like lose control because the crowds again are so sure. loud. Particularly coming off of the Queensboro Bridge where there is nobody, it's dead silent. Uh huh. Um, so we were both like, okay, like let's take it easy, sure. like let's stay in control here. Like we did not want to run a four forty five for that mile, right. sixteen to seventeen. So um, we were able to talk a little bit and plan, particularly in the first, the first seventeen miles. Uh-huh. After that, it started getting getting a little harder. I think me, I particularly was laboring a little bit. Uh huh. Scott looked really good, to be honest. There, I thought he kind of had me on the ropes at about thirty k interesting so, yeah okay.
0: mm-hmm. uh well before picking it up there it, uh, another reason it would be hard to to see coach ben or anybody yeah. <laughs> out there or the crowds and mm-hmm. how many people there are uh you just alluded to that was that unlike it, i don't know what your expe- expectations were going in but yeah was it kind of did it blow your mind like wow i didn't expect I, i'd heard that yeah. the crowds were great but this is really something else Or what, yeah. was, what were your impressions
1: yeah i mean the crowd was amazing it was It helped that it was, like, a really beautiful day. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, I I don't think... It's very unlike any um, race I've ever run. Sure. The most similar thing would be, like, some cross-country races I've done in, like, overseas where... Cross country is, like, a really big deal. Yep. But it was particularly amazing because, like, it wasn't a loop where people could just be running back and forth. Like, yeah. There were m- literally millions of people right. along the marathon route, which is very wild. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Um, and so, yeah. So, the the energy there was really something special. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I know Chicago didn't have, have the best weather. Mm-hmm. You obviously were on that course for um, 30K. <laughs> uh, do, are they... T- totally different experiences in terms of the crowds at those
1: at those two races. Yeah, I mean, New York is like just such a big city that it's sure. um uh and the way the course runs like you really go through a ton of neighborhoods. Right. Uh, so right. it's very easy <clears throat> for people to just come downstairs. Sure. As opposed to Chicago where you spend some time downtown and then you go out one way and then you come back downtown. Right. Um so I would say like each of them were very loud and very cool and there was a lot of energy, but uh, I mean, New York is just such a, like a vibrant place. Totally. That it's, it's hard not, it's hard to beat that. Yeah. You yeah. know, like one block you've got like Hasidic Jews cheering you on and the next block there's um, like a very Latin influence. Um, there's like hipsters all through Brooklyn and uh-huh. it's like a bunch of just regular people holding signs and yeah. um, you kind of get like all walks of life on that course. So. Sure. Yeah. Um,
0: those must've been some of the early neighborhoods for you to remember that well. Yeah. I don't remember so well later on. Um, well, yeah, let's, let's go to later on. So eventually, um, well, eventually you and, you and Scott Smith, you know, you kind of break away from Mm -hmm. him, I think about 35 K and then you, you start running, you go from fifth American to eventually second. So you, you start mowing some people down. What, what was going on? Was that like a... A decision that was made at 35k or did that just sort of happen or was did scott smith start to struggle a little bit or
1: no i mean scott was actually looking pretty good um and he would like you know going around a corner going up a little hill like a couple times he put a little bit of distance on me okay and i would have to like close it down and kind of rally but um you know we were not that far behind chris and jared and shadrach and um I kind of knew that we had to go now if we wanted to catch those guys. And uh, I was like, you know, there's not... I was pretty sure we were outside the top 10. It's like there's really not that big of a difference between being like 12th and 20th. Like if sure. that move didn't work, it's not like... I mean, I would have lost places and I would have lost time. That's a bummer. But I, what was I really losing? Right. Like, well, ultimately...
0: Scott Smith was 17th. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, was...
1: it's not that different between having like like a kind of bad race and a pretty bad race. Right. Um, so I like really opened it up on that like 22nd mile. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to try here. Um, cause it, I still had energy and I was, I was just flat and tired. I was just heavy. Um, so I, I just opened it up and really pressed 22 to 23. And I was, I mean, I, when I would look up, I was like gobbling up distance on that, that group. And, I was really, I kind of got myself a little momentum, and I started getting excited. I was like, okay, I'm going like, to probably PR today. I'm going to um, catch these guys. Like, I can turn this into a really big day here. And then um, going up 23rd, or no, sorry, going on the 23rd mile, going up Fifth Ave yep. next to the park, I was like, okay, like, we're getting close here. Like, it's time to really let this rip. And uh, I was hurting pretty badly, but I was, I was making up so much ground so fast that, like, Emotionally, I had a lot of energy. I was still very excited. I was like, I knew I was really on one right there. Yeah. And so I kind of just leaned into it, got up to the park and I had made up, I don't know, like 50 or 60 yards, maybe more just in that last mile. God. And so, and it was nice. Like I, once we got into the park, there was a long string of guys. So every time I caught someone, there's another target up the road. Yep. And I was going so much faster than those guys that, like, it wasn't... They couldn't really, like, battle, really. <laughs> I was able to go past them so quickly that um, it's not like I raced each of them. Sure. I went past them, sure. and then it was kind of over. I was able to put them away pretty quickly, at least until I got up uh, to where Jared was the next guy ahead of me, right. Jared Ward, yeah.
0: Okay, so, yeah, you went by... I'm trying to think of the Americans. You went by Chris Derrick. Mm-hmm. You went by um, Shadrach. And you went by, so that put you in third. Oh, it, yeah, it was just yeah, the two yeah, of us in two, that group.
1: Yep. And then I also caught um, Juan Luis Barrios, who That's was ahead right. head, to move into. I think Jared and I were uh, seventh and eighth yep. at, like, 25 or so, when you go out of the park again. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this and uh,
0: b- before the pod, but yeah. things changed a little bit when you got, when you got yeah. close to Jared Ward. So what was that battle like? I mean, that went on there for... Yeah, know, almost a mile, I guess.
1: Yeah, I had put in a really good uh 24th mile. I'd run like 4:49, which it's a fast mile to be fair, but I that's a good time on it. I yeah. really ripped it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um to really close it down and I knew I was going faster than Jared and I really felt like I was going to catch him pretty quickly. Um and then you turn up uh like 59th going next to the park uh before you turn in the last time and I was like, "Okay, like get him like I was like you can get him try to get him by the turn get him by the turn and then
0: and that's that right hand turn yeah the right yep.
1: hand turn and I was like okay if you can get him by the turn it's just like six or seven hundred meters you can put him away and um you'll be the top American so I, I was hammering really hard and uh, at about 25 and a half um like my legs kind of went and I wasn't really I kind of stopped being able to like gobble him up like my glutes and hamstrings really tied up and I just couldn't I just didn't have that same pop I'd had for the last three and a half miles um and I think Jared to his credit as well was is very tough and i he knew I was coming um just with the way the crowds work you can kind of tell if someone's coming so yeah. um he's very tough and he he rallied after probably some rough miles in the late teens to and twenties and um you know it's not like I ran a slow last mile but i I just didn't have that same that same last gear. sure, And uh, we basically ran just four seconds. The gap was just four seconds all the way to the finish line for the last 800 meters or 1,200 meters or so.
0: And was there almost a, a sense in, in your head of, well, I don't want to call it defeat, but um, it's slipping away maybe? Like, or did you think till the till the very end you might still have a shot?
1: Yeah, I mean, until about 100 meters to go, I thought I could maybe okay. still bring him back. Yeah. Um, because it's such a hard, finish it's uphill and then a sharp right turn where you lose some momentum and Mm -hmm. then another uphill yep um that i was like even though i don't feel good i think there's a chance jared i can pull him back anyways right um so yeah i I really did feel like i could pull him back until maybe 100 meters to go when it's like that's just a lot of distance to close and not very much time left right right yeah
0: and how cool was the well, again, you may not recollect it quite as well, but the finish stretch must have been pretty neat in terms of the fan support and the, the noise
1: and everything else. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was particularly cool given that we were the first two Americans. Yeah. And right. it was like a race. Yep. You know, we were close. Yep. So, um, yeah, a lot of a more, you know, ton of energy, a lot of people yelling. And, uh, yeah, it was super, super cool. So when we talked last, uh, again, about three
0: months ago, I believe we i believe i asked at the end of the pod i should have gone back and listened um to know for sure but i think what you said was like best case scenario a a top slipping into the top five at new york yeah does that sound right yeah yeah Yeah. and so it's one thing to like forecast that at the very start of a training block um it's a different question when you have hindsight and you can look Mm -hmm. back after it happened do you think now looking back um that was a reality uh, on the day? Or do you think on the day you that's, that was the best Scott Fobble uh,
1: could have done? Oh, I think I maximized my potential on that yep. day. That was yep. like, you know, very much a 100% day. Yep. Maybe, you know, I closed really well, so maybe there was a few more seconds I could have grabbed if I had gone earlier or something. Right. But, um, but I, I mean, I didn't feel good earlier. Uh, and it sure. before 22, um, you're kind of a long ways out. So it would have been a much bigger risk. Um, but uh yeah, I think I think I I don't think that our goal of top five was misplaced by any means. No, rank, right. sure. You mm-hmm. know, we were very close to it and uh had the day been a little different in terms of like the weather, because it was such a nice day that the international field was really free to go and run some times that I can't compete with right now you know but had it been bad weather and had the pack stayed together I think top five would have been possible but given the day and given the amazing weather and um I don't know that I could have run that much faster or finished any higher sure really
0: um and so, I mean, seventh is a, is a huge step yeah. uh, for your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for anyone's career, but um, it was only your second marathon, you, your second at uh, New York City. And so you, you were quoted on Let's Run as saying that this kind of validated um, kind of what you you felt and, mm-hmm. and probably what the team feels internally. Uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that I get a ton of... Um, attention from maybe the like the running media mm-hmm. um and maybe there's probably a lot of reason for that maybe it's because i don't have these like blazing fast track times or um i wasn't an a national champion in college or like maybe i just didn't have the pedigree to kind of warrant some of their attention sure but that didn't change the way i felt about myself i've always kind of felt like i am very good particularly when i pick my spots well and um like find do races that really fit my skill set like New York the New York marathon um it's hilly and it's hard and um there's a lot of things that can kind of throw you off and those are all things I'm good at dealing with uh so I wasn't like surprised to be up there I always feel like I'm one of if not the best Americans at any race I go to right um so yeah, I mean, just because, yeah, I mean, a lot of people maybe wouldn't have predicted me to be top American, or top second American, or top 10, sure. but, like, I don't give a shit about them, <laughs> so, um, that's the right answer, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think I'm good at this, yeah, you know, yeah, so,
0: well, yeah. so I, I think, you know, you look at Frankfurt 21235 for a debut, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what that is, all time, but that's a really good debut. Yeah, it's the
1: twelfth fastest, fastest. American. Yep. Debut. Okay,
0: and then you know you go to a course like New York and run seven seconds faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the two twelve thirty five in Frankfurt is not a two twelve twenty eight in New York. No. Um, so so what you you obviously improved in a relatively short period of time. So what what got better for you? What it what what, what did you learn from that first one? And then yeah, what what kind of happened in between the,
1: a lot of that allowed um, that? I had a re- very good spring i think that helped a lot um mostly though i think it was just consistent training Mm -hmm. and um i mean we you know we raced it i think the 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 fast the time is a product of racing not necessarily going to new york and being like okay like let's let's try to run this time it was a product of like let's try to finish as high as we can yeah um and then in terms of like the process of getting there it's been that same idea like we've gone to situations where the goal was to race um you know at like new york city half and at the 25k and at sure. great north like those were all times where we kind of put time to the side and we just raced and we prepared to race um so i think our progress has really been a product of the fact that we are we prepared to compete yep And when you prepare to compete, good things will happen outside of just competing. The times will come from competing. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. And is that kind of your, is that what you need to keep getting better at between now and the 2020 trials? Or are are there other, um, I guess, skill sets you need to uh, refine or add to your your repertoire, do you think?
1: Uh, I think a lot of a lot more of the same you know i think on a day like yesterday uh yesterday i if yet if i have a day like yesterday at the olympic trials i very well i very very much could make the team um so i don't necessarily think we need to change anything right or like try to get fancy or try to get cute i think we need to have another year of consistent training um which has been a big thing for me is i've been very consistent um each year leading it like throughout the year, just focusing on having good seasons. Um, so I've had a lot of good seasons run together. And um, if I can have another year of consistent training and um, another uh, and a good buildup leading into the trials, sure. I think I am certainly a favorite to make the team at this yeah. point. Yeah, I wanna
0: talk about that next. Um, but before we fully move away from, from New York City, you have, you've had two teammates, one of which we've mentioned also running so um steph bruce was mm-hmm. 11th uh, overall and and fifth female fifth american um and then scott smith ended up 17th so i'm sure uh you know maybe not the greatest results for all three but i think everybody had to walk away um feeling good i don't know if you had conversations with them about uh their races but c- kudos to them yeah uh, while, while we're on the top yeah
1: certainly i think they both wanted more sure but um and they're certainly both capable of more so that's kind of the the it's kind of the crux of the marathon. Like it's just really hard. And yeah. you can be really fit and if you have like a B plus day that really is very different than an A day <laughs> right. in the marathon, like where you can maybe it maybe doesn't look so big in a 10K or a half. Sure. But in the marathon you can really see the yeah. differences there. Minutes. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, minutes. Yeah.
0: Um, well, yeah. So going into the trials, you, the, Steph and uh, and Scott Smith will obviously be uh, targeting targeting that race, for sure, um, as well as some others, including yourself. Uh, I saw Jared. I think Jared Ward tweeted. Uh, it was a string of tweets, but mm-hmm. he he kind of reflected on this, and and your name was was in there. Um, so not that you care what anybody else thinks, <laughs> but uh, how do you? Yeah, how do you feel going in at this point? We're still a little ways out. And then what what do you think about just the team in general, um, the NAZ elite folks at the
1: trials? Oh, I think we have a very good chance to put at least one person on the team, whether that's uh, me or one of my teammates, Scott or Aaron Braun. Um, You know, we're all very similar fitness. We have very similar PRs. And um, any one of us could have one of those special days and um and could be on the team and then on the women's side you know maybe the the u.s field is very very deep it you is, know yeah with i don't know what whether shalane will retire but if she doesn't she's obviously very very good and will bring her a game to the trials right um molly huddle's only going to get better at the marathon the more opportunities she has to go through a segment and try um des linden is obviously a superstar um and Jordan is say like, she's had a few bad, or had a few injuries, but, like, if she's on the line and healthy, like, she has run very, very well. But right um, between Steph, Kellen, and Alephine, uh, I think that's a really scary trio. Yep. Um, and then on the other side, you know, myself, uh, Scott Smith, Aaron Braun, uh, similar. You know, sure. it's a v- we're in a very good spot right now for American distance running, I think. Personally, it'll be a hard team to make, but, um, the fact that we'll have three people, both the men and the women going for it and three people with a realistic shot, uh, I think that's a pretty special thing. I don't know that there's any other, another group in the country that will be able to say that, um, just in terms of both the, um, both the, out of the talent and the skill we have and the depth, uh. We're in a pretty unique spot, um, and it's going to be a really fun build up to the trials in a year. But we'll have, we'll you know we'll be doing stuff between then.
0: Yeah, uh, of it's course. Not all not all geared towards the trials. Of course, yeah, we got a whole yeah. calendar year before mm-hmm. uh, before that happens. Um, so you in in preparing for that race, of course, though that that is the trials. You'll you'll have another opportunity to uh, to train with your teammates, Scott Smith in particular, who you yeah. trained with on this block. How um, how important was that, so set, setting aside the grievances <laughs> between between the Scouts, um, but, yeah, in seriousness, how, how important is that aspect of it? Um, having Scott there in, in the training leading up to New York, having him and Bronny there uh, leading up to the trials. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can quantify the value yeah. <laughs> of, of that sort of thing, but, yeah, kind of what's your um, perspective on it and
1: how important it is for you? I think it's... Um... I can say with pretty much complete certainty that I wouldn't have been as fit without um, without Scott, going through this with Scott. Um, there were days when I was feeling good and he could tuck in on me and um, there were days when he was feeling good and I was feeling bad and I could uh, use him a little bit. But more than all of that, um, I think it's just, this is really hard yeah. and it's easier or at least less hard when you have um people to share the experience with. Sure. Um and people that we that you care about to share the experience with. And you know, as much as I hate Scott on the internet, he is one of my best friends and um same with Aaron Braun. Uh, yeah. so I think going forward, um it's we're gonna work together and that's gonna be a really fun um thing that's gonna I think bring um us all to a higher level
0: yeah. yeah yeah well i was gonna ask i wonder what the cumulative effect um is when it comes to to that day mm-hmm. and, uh at the trials as compared to you know most other front runners are, are are not in a environment like like you all are so yeah um yeah that that might prove i guess the difference in some respect but
1: i think think it's very possible
0: um so you leading up to new york city uh, you kind of, you were kind of, well, cr- yeah, uh, writing about it, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, and so you and Ben have kind of been working on a, a project. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little. Um, tell, me, tell me about that project. I actually know very little. So. <laughs> ben Rosario, my coach, and I, uh, at the start of the New York City segment, decided to um, work together on a book, actually, about the segment and really detailing the day in and day out um, process of going from, um, you know, July to November 4th. Okay. And, uh, so in it we'll have every single week you'll have, we've got the log of what I actually did. Okay. Um, you know, it's got my runs, strength, training, mobility, all the, everything that I did, uh, for each week. And then each week we both wrote a kind of post about what our impressions were of the week, what we think what the week felt like, what we kind of feel like we got out of it, whether it was a good week or a bad week. And um, I haven't haven't read anything that Ben's written and Ben hasn't written anything anything that I've written. But um, I think it's going to be really good. We've got editing to do and we've got to write the last final chapters. But um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a really awesome project. And uh, I'm glad I ran well at New York so that we have a little (laughs) bit of momentum. It'd be kind of anticlimactic if it was like, uh did all this work and then ran mediocre so this is how to place 22nd yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah we've got work to do on it but it's going to be um hopefully out soonish that's yeah. cool yeah
0: it'll be awesome what's the uh well maybe it's too soon to say but uh in terms of uh getting your hands on one
1: do, is there yeah we don't know you don't know yeah okay. that's yeah. one of the things we've Still got to figured come. out Still yeah, to yeah. <laughs> okay, but cool. uh it will be you know, however it ends up being available, we'll make sure to tell everyone. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so that's interesting. This
0: is a little bit tangential, but, uh, we can always cut it out. If yeah. It if if it this is dumb out. by either of us, we can just edit <laughs> that's right. it. Um, you know, th- there's this, this sort of dichotomy uh, within the sport in terms of how to approach training where, where some, um, think it's good to be more transparent and others, others don't, uh, specifically with, workouts and so mm-hmm. forth so to detail all all of it yeah legitimately uh and and to publish that and make it available um what is just from your speaking solely on your uh, behalf what what is your what are your thoughts behind that like um what makes you comfortable with doing that i suppose and, and maybe someone else less comfortable with it um
1: i guess the idea behind it was the fact that we we basically already do it, you know? like Sure. You can find all of my training logs online, um, and you can, I think that myself and the group in general does a very good job of kind of sharing the process and sharing the journey and trying to be open and transparent, but to kind of distill that um, was interesting to me in the sense that, like, this was an opportunity to kind of really reach out to... Uh, really do something that I would have been really interested in reading. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, when I was in college or in high school, I would have loved to have read um, someone's training log, like Chris Linsky's or Matt Teigenkamp's or, you know, Alan Culpepper or sure. Adam Goucher's, like, training log and journal, basically. Um, so I think we just thought it was a really cool, pro- like, project. Yeah. It would be a sweet product that people would really like. Um and in terms of like feeling comfortable sharing it, like I don't, I don't care. Like I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's like uh, go try to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, like maybe
0: you'll have the same results. Yeah,
1: I thought like I'm pretty at peace with the fact with what we do. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So it was born out of out of this kind of idea. What was
1: it, Ben, or was it you, or someone else that really lit the fire for it? Um, well, I think like Steph had Steph Bruce uh-huh. had said that, um, kind of mentioned like that idea, uh, uh-huh. uh, that she had had and she kind of recommended that I maybe try to do it. Um, because a lot of people like, like Meb, for example, he came out with books after he had crushed it. Um, but like if we could do it while we were crushing it, right. you know, like this is how we crushed it. Yeah. Really like a manual a step by step manual or a blueprint. Right. Um that showed our process. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um and then I kind of thought about it a lot and originally I thought about it like just from my perspective. Sure. But that's really only half of the story. Right. So I came to Ben and I was like, hey, what do you think about doing this? And he's was all about it. You know, he jumped on the idea, he loved it. And um you know, we've also been working with Ben's husband, Jen, uh, to add a like really strong visual component. So there's a lot of really good pictures that we took throughout um, to try to add, make it like a real piece of art. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our goal is to make it like a really cool piece of like, kind of like a snapshot, like to let, invite people into the journey. Sure. Like To really let them come along. Uh, on this training block.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Um, well, I hate to correct you, but Ben's wife, Jen. <laughs> Ben's wife. What did I, I, I say?
1: You said Ben's husband. Oh, Ben's wife. Sorry. Yeah, Ben's to, wife, just Jen. Just to make that yeah. clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jen's I mean, the, husband, Ben. I think Ben's Ben wife. would yeah. have been okay with Sorry. the slip, but you know, yeah. I yeah. Sorry, um, Ben and Jen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> is there, is there any, well, it's so early in, in this process, I guess with this, with this book, but um, is there any interest in doing, like, is the idea you might do that again, like leading up to the trials or does this feel like kind of just a one-off thing? Um,
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. At this point, I'm like mostly, uh, focusing on trying to finish this one. <laughs> right, right. Um, cause like, I guess when I first proposed it, I was like, uh, like I'll just, you know, I'll just bang out the blog yeah. basically, basically yeah. each week and we can just post it and or we'll just get it printed and it'll be great and it'll, we'll have it out on like November 15th it'll be just done at the marathon right and now like I think last week and the week before I was like yeah we got a lot of work to do, so. <laughs> um so uh I don't know we'll see how much work it is we'll see um what we get out of it and uh whether we do it again in the future is you know we'll figure that out in the future right yeah right uh
0: cool well that's all very exciting yeah so yeah we'll that that's about all we got we can wrap up but I just okay. want to say I think three months before the trials we should sit down and do this definitely right and then a couple days after because that that seemed to work
1: well yeah for New York I think so this the sitting down and doing this interview is a really crucial piece of the, <laughs> the, the build-up it was the first big
0: moment yeah I think, in that mm-hmm. training block Definitely. given that the training block hadn't really started yet. yeah <laughs> um, very cool well yeah Scott Fable you got a new PR 7th overall 2nd American New York City yeah congratulations thank you and uh, we'll see you next time sounds good alright that was it